0: Sends it over to Edward Robles, Garland, Sergey Messi.
1: What is up, everybody? My name is Hector Flores, also the Insert Name FC podcast, and I am going to be by myself this episode. So I'll, I'll give you guys a little backstory as to why I'm doing this episode by myself, which could possibly be leading to a very short episode, but I have a lot that's going to be going on as episodes. So maybe um, we'll probably hit at least an hour, maybe an hour and a half. So we'll try to try hit our usual numbers, even though it's basically just you guys listen to a guy talk to, talk to himself, which you know, in the normal world, this could be crazy, but in, in podcasting world, it's, it's just, it's very fucking normal. But anyways. So obviously this is the first episode of the month of August, which is crazy that we're already here. But yeah, <laughs> it is August. And for Edward's job at the end of each month, they have to do a lot of inventory. Obviously, you guys know we don't record these episodes, uh, on Fridays. Like when we drop our episodes on Fridays, we actually record these on Mondays, but because Edward, um, you know, is going to be stuck at work uh, for a very long time. I think actually they had to like work through lunch as well. Um, so it, it gets pretty bad over there, um, which I can get, man. You know, I, I work in a warehouse and, you know, there's days, especially right now in the summer, obviously, because I work for air conditioning uh, supply company. So uh, this is kind of our busy part of the year. And yeah, I feel it every single day, but I don't know what it is, man. Something about, you know, as soon as I press record i find this energy out of nowhere so i don't know i really don't know because i'm dead like i come home dead every single time and like as soon as i press record i just flip a switch or something i think there's something that's very energetic about doing this podcast and obviously it's because this is what i want to do and hopefully one day this could be the thing that pays the bills but uh it only time we will tell on that one Versus which I, I, you know, I know some people have told me about how, you know, Edward is and, and, and I get it. But you know, what he does, he does a lot of work. He works a lot. Trust me. Like he probably takes a lot of the workload over at his job. So I totally get it. Plus he's a single parent of twin boys. So all that stuff. I hu- give nothing but a huge props to Edward every single time any of the, as much energy that he gives me, I always appreciate it. So, so I totally get that part, but. Yeah, so Edward unable to record this episode because of the fact that just work is just going to kick his ass, uh, this week. Um, he'll be back next week. And so, you know, he'll be able to tell you guys, maybe not tell you who the fuck cares about whatever does for it. But anyways, yeah, so he'll be back next week for sure. Um, at least I hope so, knock on wood. Um, and so I, you know, started looking for alternatives. Obviously, usually I, 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 uh, I, I play, I put my Kelsey, Pat Signal on and, you know, he usually responds, but I, I kind of wanted to go a different approach. No offense to Kelsey. I just, I think, uh, I want to try to be more inviting to others and see if anybody's interested. Um, there is someone that was interested initially, uh, over at Belly Up, but, uh, you know, there was just a conflict going on with the schedule. So I ended up hitting up a, a very, a friend that, you know, obviously you guys have has been on the show before and as an interview and, that, and I've been on his podcast already twice now. Well, once technically. The other time it didn't actually record. But we didn't, weren't able it wasn't, I guess the audio wasn't good. But anyways, uh Stuart Cavanaugh from the After Extra Time podcast. Um, I hit him up to see if he would be interested in recording an episode because he's always been interested in being on the show as, you know, a regular show, not not as an interview. And, uh, it looked like it was going to happen. As a matter of fact, I'm actually recording this on Tuesday, which you guys know we record these on Mondays, Um, thinking that he, w- you know, he was going to, because that's when he said he was going to be available to record. And unfortunately, you know, it's life. You know, right now we're not paid to be podcast. Same thing as Stuart. You know, we're not, he's not being paid to be a podcaster. So, you know, you got to work and when work calls, you got to work. So nothing against uh, Stuart. Hopefully we can get him on in a future episode because He's a very fun guy, he has a lot of energy. I, you know, he definitely loves the game a lot. And he definitely was interested in doing this episode because this episode. So this is kind of my, my introduction to what this episode is consisting of. So this episode, obviously transfer watch. We're, g- we're in the final month of transfers. Obviously the transfer period will be uh, near, will be near its end, uh, at the end of this month. So we'll be talking some more transfers. Uh, we will be previewing the, the 2022-2023 season of League on now. I know some of you guys will be like, what's really the season's already happening? Yeah. This weekend, league on Bundesliga and the English Premier League will be kicking off. And it's kind of the reason, the reason why is obviously because the World Cup isn't guitar. So they're going to start very early this season and actually going to end a little bit later because they will be taking a pause during the World Cup. So it is, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens there. What's the strategy behind that? Because obviously once the World Cup is over, Bam, you're right there into the January transfer window. So, uh, we'll, we'll definitely talk on, talk about it a little bit more next episode. Cause so this episode, obviously this weekend, League One, Bonus Liga and English Premier League will be kicking off. Next week, we'll have La Liga and, uh, Syria. So we'll preview those two leagues next episode and we'll have that we're there for those. Um, and there's no debate topic this episode because, um, it's just be myself. Um, and then we'll also have a kind of a, 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 a recap, not really a recap, but kind of look at the MLS, see how the MLS is looking. Um, what are some things to take away from the MLS so far at this? We're past the halfway point now in the MLS. So this is now the everything, every point matters, every win matters, every loss matters, everything kind of thing going into that month of October for playoffs. So, and obviously they're going to have their playoffs because they don't care what FIFA does. So we'll talk about the MLS. Kind of give you a, 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 a little preview. There's going to be a rant there because obviously, you know, you know, who's my team in the, in the MLS? So, um, I'm just going to go ahead and share my thoughts on the dynamo. Uh, we'll be doing games to recap. Now, like I said, this episode was planned that Stuart was going to be here. So I'm actually going to honor, uh, all the things that we prepared for with Stewart. So I will still cover Stewart's game as well as the game I choose to cover. Uh do our players of the week, which uh I'm like I said, Stuart was planned to be on this episode, so I'm gonna still uh present Stewart's player of the week as well as Edwards, because Edward did give me his player of the week and my player of the week. Uh give you guys look forward to some games. Obviously, uh League and Bundesliga, English Premier League is back. There's some interesting games just to start off this season with. So hopefully you guys are gonna be interested in that one. And Because it's just me and, um, just everything's just being a a weird way that it happened. Um, we won't do three up, three down, uh, for this episode, but we will be back with three up, three down next episode, which obviously a lot of seasons are kicking off. So we're going to be obviously, we're just going to let you know, we're going to start off three up, three down with League One jerseys for next episode. So get ready for that. If you guys maybe, maybe, you know, share us your, your favorite jerseys for League One. And uh, and we'll go from there. But yeah, so that's all I really got, man. Anything else that I think is important to talk about? Um, no. I mean, that's basically it. So we're gonna go ahead and take a break. You guys are gonna hear this lovely ad that Spencer's been working hard on, and we'll get going with transfer Hector, are you listening to music? No, I am not listening to music. I'm listening to my audiobook on Audible. What's Audible? Audible allows you to listen to a large library of audiobooks at your convenience. What if I'm not sure about Audible? Well, you can start a 30-day free trial when you use the link audibletrial.com slash podcast. Not only do you get the experience of Audible, but you'll also be supporting Insert Name fc. I'm going to start my free trial right now. All right, and we're back. All right, so make sure you guys follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Insert FC. You want to give a quick promo um, here. I mean, obviously, you guys just listen to some ads, but more promos. Um, so partnering with Run Your Pool, uh, we are actually going to be having a FIFA World Cup pool. So if you guys want to know what it means, basically is who can predict the World Cup the best? Kind of, if that's what the challenge is. is you trying to predict the World Cup? So right now you are able to uh, pick the group stages. So if you guys go to our Instagram and Twitter at Instagram FC, it is actually our pinned post uh, right now. You know, first ooh, look at those pinning posts. Um, it, it literally, you're gonna see it. You, it's gonna say you, you're gonna see the FIFA World Cup logo. You can't miss it. But yeah, so check the post, see what you need to do to qualify. The winner, the, the person with the best prediction, the one, the most accurate prediction of the 2022 FIFA World Cup, World Cup, excluding myself, Edward and Spencer. Obviously we are part of this podcast, so we can't win it, but the winner will receive a jersey of the country that wins the 2022 FIFA World Cup. So that is the prize. So if you guys want to, once again, just follow us. Check out Instagram and Twitter at Instagram and MFC. Once again, it is the pin post on both those uh, social media platforms. And just go ahead and enter, uh, make your predictions, and good luck to you. So, make sure you, once again, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Instagram and MMC. We're trying to do more things, like more competitions. Uh, stay tuned, because the Jersey bet is going to be back. And I, I'm making a big, big, bold prediction, a big, bold statement here. Not a prediction, but a bold statement. Uh, when it comes to the English Premier League, so we'll get to that when we get there. But transfer watch, all right. So transfers, um, Gouende, if you guys don't know, he is a very promising French center back that plays at Sevilla. There's been a lot of teams that have been interested in him for quite some time, specifically Chelsea. Well, Chelsea is not getting Gunde. Gouende is actually joining Barcelona for I don't know how, I don't know what Barcelona is doing. Clearly, that Spotify money is helping them tremendously. Hector, you fucking moron! Right now, stop for the love of God! Stop listening to this podcast through Spotify. Switch over to Apple. Switch over to Pandora. Stop it. Get out of Spotify. Uh, Anyways, well, so so there's my bit. But anyways, so probably that Spotify money is helping out big time for Barcelona because now they got themselves get another center back obviously they got Christensen. um you bring in Goende. it is going to be a very interesting team that this Barcelona is going to look i mean you, you know honestly i feel like chris like what do you do with araho what do you uh i mean depends how you feel about Christensen, but Goende, i feel like is an instant starter um maybe araho is the all man out here i don't know man it is maybe maybe xavi wants to try a a a, a, a a three a three man backline. You don't know. I mean, buig is going to freaking LA Galaxy, so we'll we'll see what happens there. But yeah, oh, shocking. Bouig is going to LA Galaxy. Um, but yeah, So going to joins Barcelona. Um, a a young French player, uh, Mukiele, is going to join PSG. Uh, Aaron Ramsey, he has terminated his contract with Juventus, so he is now a free agent. Not, not for not very long because he goes ahead and joins league unsigned Nice. So he will be there, uh, this season. Hopefully he can find some form because, you know, World Cup's coming. He's going to play for Wales. It's, it's a given, but you know, obviously he wants to get himself in, in good shape before the World Cup. So, I mean, he's not a bad spot for him. Uh, Skamaka is going to be joining West Ham United. Um, but yeah, uh, Luis Suarez is not going to the MLS and is not going to Aston Villa. He will be going back to Uruguay to go play with his boyhood club Nacional. So, you know, I like this. I like this move. You know what? Let's 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 take appreciation that the players that decide to go back to their countries. Um, I think it's a good move for him. So I, I like this. Um he gets to finish his career out in Uruguay. I, I think I, I'm assuming this is gonna be a swan song. I don't I don't see him going anywhere else. So yeah, I, I like this move for Luis Suarez. Um, Barcelona wonder kid, wonder kid Adam Aznu will be joining Bayern Munich. So, Bayern Munich once again has a is, has a really good eye for young talent. Not theirs, but through other youth academies, and and that's what kind of one of also ways that Bayern Munich stays stays business is booming for those guys. But yeah, um, Josie Altador, remember he ends, he went to New England Revolution, um. We'll talk about the MLS a little bit later, but but yeah, so he is actually joining Puebla on loan. So he's going to Liga MX to go play for Puebla. So we'll see what, how that works out for for Josie uh Chelsea are actually interested in getting Frankie De Jong, so they're entering the chat for the Dutch midfielder. Probably a little bit enticing for Frankie De Jong. Obviously, this is Champions League, a Champions League club, not not like Manchester United. Um, and of course, I'm sure he still would prefer to go to, to Chelsea. I mean, to Barcelona, but hey, you know what? Chelsea needs to make some moves. Um, because Barcelona's been taking everyone that they've wanted. So we'll see what happens, uh, over there for Frankie De Jong, Where does he end up going or does he stay put in Barcelona? We'll see. Uh, another young, exciting player, Carney. Uh, I apologize with his name. Uh, Chukwomeca will be joining Chelsea. So Chelsea going after a young player. Um, I believe he's been, he was playing at Aston Villa. So he'll be going and playing for Chelsea. Uh, Charles de Ketilari is going to be joining AC Milan. So AC Milan also finding some, some, um, some young pro, some, some young talent to keep their team afloat. AC Milan is keeping them wanting to stay hungry in the, in, as they want to repeat in the Serie A. Alex Tellez is joining Sevilla on loan. So Alex Telles, left back, Manchester United, uh, previously played for, I believe, either Benfica or Porto. I could be, I'm not telling I know he played in the, in the Portuguese league, but, um, you know, a promising player, you know, well, promise, a really good solid left back, um, and goes to Manchester United. I don't, doesn't, doesn't really get to play that much in Manchester United, uh, cause, you know, there's other fullbacks as well over there. And, um, you know, obviously, I don't think he's part of Hawk's plan. Maybe he couldn't they couldn't really sell Alex Teles. So sending him out on loan Sevilla, I think is probably a good fit for him. So we'll see how Alex Teles can bounce back. Obviously he definitely wants to get a spot in the World Cup. So we'll see what happens with Alex Teles. Bert Leno, um, a goalkeeper who I thought was gonna be a promising solid starter for Arsenal for many years to go. Um and clearly I was wrong on that. I even have his jersey. So Got to live with that. But he is going to be going to Fulham. Obviously, they went and and got Matt Turner, Aaron Ramsdale proven to be the the goalkeeper for Arsenal this season. Uh, Shout out to my boy, Martin Odegaard, for being the captain. I know that has nothing to do with Leno, but I just wanted to point that out. But yeah, Bern Leno will be joining Fulham this season. The newly promoted Fulham. So hopefully, maybe he can keep on flow. And to wrap things up, Chelsea is interested in Kyle Walker Peters. That is a very interesting name. you know, a fullback. I believe he plays on the right side. So I wonder what that means for Aspalequeta. But yeah, that is a transfer, uh, transfer rumor, watch whatever you want to call it. But let's get going with the League One 2022-2023 season preview. All right, so let's go ahead and if you guys don't know who plays in League One, here you go: uh, Ahasio, Angers, Oxieri, Brest, Clermont. Lens, Leo, Lorient, Olympic Lyon, Olympic Marciel, uh, AS Monaco, Montpellier, Nantes, Nice, Paris Saint-Germain, Reims, Stade Strasbourg, Toulouse, Troyes. Those are the clubs. So the new clubs that are going to be featured in this season, the, the, the three teams that got promoted into League One uh, are Toulouse, who has Last time we saw them was actually two two seasons ago. Sorry. Sorry for the hiccups. Two seasons ago, Ahasio, so if you guys don't know about Ahasio, this was actually the French club that uh, Memo Ochoa played for uh, when he went to Europe. I believe that's where he went first, and then he went to Malaga. I'm not entirely sure. Journey, but he did at one point play for this club. This club has not been in league on for eight seasons. So, welcome back. And I'm not, this isn't even the longest one because Oxierry is making their return after 10 seasons of not being in League One. So, quite some time gaps for some of these clubs that are coming back into League One. So, that's going to be interesting for sure. Now, my team to watch this season, um, I'm going to look at the two Olympics Olympic Leon and Olympic Marcia. The fact that it's by myself, I'm going to cheat and go ahead and pick two teams. But Olympic Leon and Olympic Marseille had very, very disappointing seasons, um, and I think that they definitely need to, you know, bounce back um, because you know they're you you know and historically have been two of the really good teams here in League One. Um, don't know exactly what happened with their seasons now. Leon, obviously, they're getting back Lacazette, uh, Marseille, I'm not entirely sure who they brought brought into the club, but they did keep some guys um, that they've had on loan we'll see what happens with Marcial, but yeah, these are the two teams who are see how they bounce back after having two very poor seasons, having poor seasons from these two clubs. Um, hope to see them back in the top four battle um, for sure, but yeah, these two need to get back into the mix of things. Uh, I could be wrong about Marcial, but I know for sure Leon was very disappointing. Uh, I'll also add in Monaco. I think Monaco um, obviously wants to be competitive. They've been, you know, obviously the team that was Rumored to get all this money and was going to compete with PSG and it still hasn't really gone to full fruition. So I would definitely like to see if Monaco can finally live up to all the hype that they had many years ago. So and mind you, uh, their big signing was James Rodriguez from Porto. And then they let, you know, James Rodriguez go to, <laughs> to Real Madrid immediately after that season. So, so quite the, quite the time gap <laughs> since that happened. But yeah, so that's my team to watch. Now, I'm, the question I, I usually I'm like this who's your favorite? And I'm gonna be honest, it's League on. It's a one it's a one horse race here. Um uh, we know the team that has the money to to really just get any player that they want and compete. Um but uh you know what? I'm gonna throw some pressure on PSG as well because, you know, you made this very, very controversial decision in giving uh this huge extension to Kylian Mbappe, which honestly, you had to, you had to get dirty to get, to keep your guy. And I, and I totally get that. I respect that. This isn't me being petty about him choosing PSG over Real Madrid. And to be honest, it's not like he said no to Real Madrid forever. Um, I'm, who knows what happens at the end of this contract? You know, now he gets a little bit older in age. He's probably going to be in more of his prime years, might be a little bit more dangerous for Real Madrid in the future or wherever club he ends up going to afterwards. But the thing is with me is, you made it very clear you wanted to keep this guy because you want to compete for the Champions League. I've said it many times. I just don't ever see PSG ever winning the Champions League. Um, not going to put a jersey bet on this, but it's just one of those things for me that it's not because of the fact that you don't have the best players because you have top quality players on your club. Um, but the issue with me is you're not really facing anybody and, and, I, and I'll, and I'll explain why. When you look at the Bundesliga, another league that you will say is usually a one-man, a one-team race, you know, uh, Bayern Munich. They still have to compete against RB Leipzig. They still have to compete against Borussia Dortmund. You still, you know, Hoffenheim usually gives them some trouble as well. There is some very good teams that Bayern Munich do have to beat. Mind you, they do beat them, um, but they're still very competitive matches, and it's not guaranteed that you know Bayern Munich is going to win those games every time. The PSG on the other side, you don't really, you want to say Leon, but look what happened to them last season. You want to say Marcial, but they they really don't compete that well. Lil had a quite amazing run the season before, but obviously that's kind of like just one of those times that they just got the upper hand. So they don't necessarily have, and maybe Monaco could do it, you know, so, uh but they really don't have that team. It's kind of that saying that iron sharpens iron. You don't have, at least a competitor in your league to prepare you for those high pressure matches in the Champions League. And so that's my argument. That is going to be my argument for this case is that PSG just hasn't, when the fact that they don't have something to keep them hungry for, they're not going to compete. And I mean, you can make that argument like, look, Real Madrid, you know, they won their championship months before the Champions League final and still won the Champions League final. But once again, they still have to play against Atlético Madrid. They still have to play against Barcelona. Even if Barcelona was bad, not as good as they usually were the previous years, it's still Barcelona. It's still an intense rivalry. It's still going to, it's once again sharpen, iron sharpens iron. Um, you know, I don't have to say anything for English Premier League. We know that the top teams that are there. So even with Manchester City consistently being the winners of the English Premier League, they still have. Quite the the road to go when you have to go against Manchester United, go against Liverpool, go against Chelsea. You know, like that's, that's still some oppositions that Manchester City has to prepare for correctly. So, so that's my argument. So that's the only issue with PSG. Um, PSG should win Lee Gun. I, I don't expect anybody else to win this except for PSG, unless PSG just takes Lee Gun way too granted and maybe one of these other teams, maybe a Marseille, maybe a Lyon, maybe a Monaco maybe Lil can find their form back, you know maybe one of these teams can, you know, Dennis. Dennis was very interesting last season as well so, but once again I just, I think PSG is going to put their nose down, they're going to go in and fight every match um, you know, Neymar wants You know, Neymar wants it, you know, Neymar wants to stay with PSG you know, Mbappe just got this new money. He, he's partially the sporting director, uh, of PSG. You know, he wants it. Um, Messi might be the question mark because it doesn't seem, I mean, there's moments of him looks like Messi, but I think he's probably going to be more focused with the World Cup coming around in, 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 November. So, or October, well, in the fall. But yeah, so we'll see what happens, man. But I, I just think this is, this is PSG's league loose. I'm always going to say that. I don't think that there's anything that's going to, uh, argue with me. I think PSG should win this league. I think they should win it very handsomely. I don't, I don't, I don't really see any real competitor for PSG for quite some time. Maybe Monaco finally becomes Monaco, but the Monaco that we all thought they were going to be like six years ago or six or seven, 2014, eight years ago, maybe, maybe Monaco becomes that team, but. Uh, I, I really don't see it, and so PSG to me should still win league on. Now going into the Bundesliga. All right, in Bundesliga, here are the teams that are competing in the Bundesliga: FC Augsburg, Hertha Berlin, Union Berlin, VfL Bochum, Werder Bremen, Borussia Dortmund, Eintracht Frankfurt, SC Freiburg, 1899 Hoffenheim, FC Cologne, RB Leipzig, Bayer Leverkusen, Mainz. Oh five. Mauricio Gladbach, Bayern Munich, Schalke 04, VFP Stuttgart, and VFL Wolfsburg. So the new clubs, um, there's only two. Um, Schalke 04 and Werder Bremen Schalke coming back after being relegated the season before. And Werder Bremen, a team that we usually see in the Bundesliga, kind of teeter tottering recently, in recent years. But great to have them back in the Bundesliga. Uh, hopefully we can see them staying back. Now, who's my team to watch? I'm just gonna be frank. Schalke. I really want to see what Schalke has done now that they bounced back into the Bundesliga. Um, can they have they have they learned from their mistakes? Um, do they have some problems? I mean, they've usually have a pretty good youth academy, so I feel like they have some mix of players that are ready to come into this next level. Um, but if I want to look across the league, I'm gonna say Union Berlin, and the reason why is because uh, P. you know, US Men's National Team player, striker, the guy that we all that maybe could be a a possible number nine option. The number nine spot is very open, by the way, for the U.S. men's national team. So guys like like Ricardo Pepe, who's in Augsburg, you know, now PFOG, now playing in the Bundesliga with Union Berlin. This is probably his opportunity to showcase what he can do um, for Union Berlin. I believe Union Berlin also has some European competition coming up this season for him. So he has a good chance to showcase what he can do and maybe get a spot in the World Cup and maybe fight for that number nine role. Um, it's very still up there in the year. Like I said, you know, you still got Ricardo Pepe. You still got, uh, PFOC. You still have, um, um, shoot. I, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't count out Josh Sargent. Obviously, Jesus Ferreira has proven to have some quality over in the MLS. So there is some options in the number nine role. The question will be who, who takes advantage of it because it's really been no, no one has been consistent. The, the most consistent we had was Pepe. And now you can say that for Ferreira, but it's still up in the air. But Union Berlin is going to be my team to watch, uh, not including Schalke because of the fact that you have Pifok there. I like his size. I like his speed. I think he's the typical number nine rule that U.S. men's national team is more, more known for. And I'm usually, I'm kind of going back to uh, Josie Altador. I'm looking for that Josie Altador-esque type player. And and Pifok does fit that category. So, um, but the question. Obviously same similar to League on Bundesliga is very one team heavy when it comes to it, even if you wanna look at and, and I mean, I, I'll point out Borussia Dortmund as much as I would love to, and I honestly wanted to see Sebastian Haller playing for Boris Dortmund because I thought it was gonna be just beautiful play with this guy. I am a very, I'm a huge fan of Sebastian Haller. And and um mm-hmm. unfortunately he's he's gonna be battling with cancer. Um, this season, so he's probably not going to be back this season. So I, he's, a, he's an athlete. I'm sure that, you know, you know, with, with proper preparation and, and with his resources, he'll be able to, to fight, to fight cancer and, and hopefully beat it. Um, I wonder who they have in mind to at least have him have in that number nine spot for the time being. But, but, uh, I think Borissi Dorman will still be a competitor option. I, I think I still like what I see from Borissi Dorman. Um, I feel like I feel like um RB Leipzig have a little bit better grounding now. I, you know, obviously they started a rough season with uh with, with Jesse with Jesse Marsh at, at at the helm, but they definitely turned it around after he got fired. Um so I think RB Leipzig is still gonna be competitor by Leverkusen. Uh definitely was fun to watch last season. Uh even Union Berlin was very fun. Um and then, yeah, th- this has some really good teams. Um, it's just unfortunately they have to play against Bayern Munich every year. With that being said, man, I mean, yes, they lost. They're they're without Robert Lewandowski, um, but <laughs> they got Sadio Mane, and he is going. He has been so much fun to watch. I mean, if you guys watched the 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 German Super Cup, um, you know he ends up scoring uh, scoring his first goal for for uh, Bayern Munich. Um, I-, I think. But I think Sadio Mane definitely brings you a different type of striker than what you would get from Robert Lewandowski but I think it, I think I think uh Bayern Munich is going to be in good hands. Um that's just my piece. So uh until proven differently, um uh, maybe Brisy Dortmund, maybe RB Leipzig can can be a little bit competitive this season. I don't think I don't think uh Bayern Munich is indestructible in any way. But you know this club prepares very well. They have the talent in every position. Um so I, I think that we could possibly be seeing 11 in a row for Bayern Munich this year. But I, I think Borussia Dorman and RB Leipzig, maybe more RB Leipzig right now, just because I'm not entirely sure what's going to happen with that number nine role because of Sebastian Haller. Um, but I think that these two can still, can be a little, have a little bit more of a competitive chance now because there is no Robert Lewandowski, but I'm not, this isn't in any way devaluing Sadio Mane. It's just, um i think our you know obviously Robert Lewandowski is of more of a traditional nine whereas Sadio Mane is kind of that false nine type player um very creative probably not going to be up front every single time You'll probably see him out on the wings on the occasion so a little bit more of a free roam type player whereas Robert Lewandowski is right there um so we'll see but but yeah i, I yeah i think Bayern wins it again um uh, i think it's not going to be as 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 long and you know, like we're not gonna have them winning the championship like a month before the season's over, kind of thing. It'll be a little bit more competitive this year, um, but I think it's still Bayern Munich's trophy to win. And the final league to preview: the English Premier League, the league that everyone prefers. Some people deem it the best league in Europe. Um, like I said, me and Edward have said it plenty of times. We know. They're the best league, but obviously we're biased with La Liga, so we're always going to stand for La Liga. Because once again, people always, when they hear me say that I'm a La Liga stand, that they think I'm saying La Liga is better than, than the English Premier League. I understand that the English Premier League is the better league in Europe, but I'm a La Liga stand, so I'm obviously going to prefer La Liga. Once again, this isn't me saying that the English Premier League is worse than La Liga. I'm just saying I like La Liga. I will stand with La Liga. And it's because obviously La Liga has my club. But yes, the best league in Europe is the English Premier League. It is not even a, not even a close to comp close contest. But you know what? If you want to go off of Champions Leagues, I mean, <laughs> I mean, who just won it this year, this past season, which was Real Madrid. So, I mean, if we're going to go off of that it looks like. And then who has the most Champions Leagues? Well, not as a league, but as you know, a, a club. Just saying. Just saying. But anyways, so the English Premier League 2022-23 season. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and get started with the clubs. So, obviously, Arsenal, Aston Villa, Bournemouth, Brentford, Brighton, and Hope, Albion, Chelsea, Crystal Palace, Everton, Fulham, Leeds United, Leicester City, Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United, Newcastle United, Nottingham Forest, Southampton, Tottenham Hotspur, West Ham United, and Wolverhampton Wanderers. So those are the teams in the English Premier League this season. The new faces of the English Premier League are Fulham, Bournemouth, and Nottingham Forest, who is making their return. And if you guys know anything about Nottingham Forest, they actually have Champions League trophies in their in their trophy case. So fun fact, and if anybody wants to know about that. But yeah, Fulham. I know I cl- I clown a lot of these. Guys. Maybe some, maybe one of the, one of these teams stays flow. Uh Hopefully it's not even forced, but because I, I, I love the running joke that Fulham's going is going to be going up and down. Um, but you never know. Now, who is my team to watch this season? I'll add some teams. I, I'm not gonna just say one specifically, but uh, I'm a, I'm gonna start things off with Arsenal, and the reason why is because. This team definitely got significantly better um with what they have done. They've added a little bit more competition in the goalkeeper spot, adding Matt Turner. I, I still say it's Aaron Ramsdale's spot, but Matt Turner can definitely make it a little bit more competitive for that for that goalkeeper role. Um, and you know, along with that, uh, you know, you add in Gabby Jesus, who is a really good striker and honestly. Looks very hungry. He wants to prove something after leaving Manchester City. You know, obviously because they now have early on Um, but but Arsenal, um like I said, I, I've liked what they have done so far this season as far as uh, transfers. Hopefully they're not done yet. Um but yeah, I think they made some really good moves, uh for sure. And and I think that now, you know, now you have a full year of soccer in Mill Smith bro. Odegaard is going to be the captain of this Arsenal team because it's honestly a fairly young Arsenal team. But I think this team is going to be, uh, you know, they were close to the Champions League glory, the Champions League spot. So I think, you know, I think they are going to be a good team to watch this year. Um, Heartbreak possibly can happen, but I think this Arsenal team is a little bit different uh, this time around. And I think it's just because now there's more familiarity. These guys are, are familiar with each other, familiar with, with what Mikel Arteta wants. So definitely keep an eye on for Arsenal. Um, the other the other team I would say to keep, keep an eye on is not anything particular, but it's just going to be Manchester United. What exactly is Ten Hag have in store for this team? Um, are they going to be competitive right away? Is this going to be something where you guys have to be patient? Knowing that it's Manchester United and there is a set standard with Manchester United, I, it, there's going to be a lot of pressure. There's just going to be pressure. If Ten Hag doesn't do it, you already know people are going to want him out. It's just that's that's just the piece of what it is with Manchester United. There's not really like an amnesty period like either you win or you lose. You know, you either win or get the hell out. That's literally what it, the mentality is for Manchester United. Um This team has definitely not been the same team since uh, Sir Alex Ferguson left. Um Changes need to be made. Obviously, you still have the rumors of Ronaldo wanting out. He wants to go play Champions League. Um So I don't know. I really don't know what to do. What, what's going to happen with Manchester United. You've seen some interesting moves that they've made, um, but the question is going to be: Is it enough? And it this is And then my my other thing is obviously not necessarily teams, but players. And the reason the reason why I'm adding players here is because you know Liverpool and Manchester City. This is a two headed the two headed fight that we're going to be seeing this season, just because it's been that kind of battle for these last few seasons, and unfortunately Liverpool has just. Well, at least recently, you know, Liverpool has had to see Manchester City lift the trophy. Uh, mind you, Liverpool last time they lifted the English Premier League was actually in the COVID season. So, I don't, you know, to some people, maybe they'll take that with a grain of salt, but Liverpool fans are probably going to take it. But, um, the thing is with me here, is Manchester City obviously goes off and gets early Hold on, Arguably, probably the next top striker in the world. Probably somebody you're going to be seeing Lifting a few ball in the horse in in, in, the, in the near future, um, especially once uh Messi and Ronaldo uh, hang it up, and um, and, and you know, Liverpool is like, I see your young strike, your young promising future striker, and I see you with another promising young future striker in Darwin Nunez. So these and that's the two players that I want to see. I want to see what these two can do in the English Premier League. Like it, it, you know, Erling Haaland has been able to benefit from the style play of Borussia Dortmund with their with their speed, fast pass to send the just lob the ball up. Erling Haaland's going to get it. You know, having amount of like just space on space to to do what he wants to do and just wreak havoc, which with either his left or with his right. Um, and and that's kind of why Erling Haaland has become the phenom that he is right now. But it's going to be a little bit different now because you're going up against a more, I think. A, a, a style of, a style of defensive preparedness where you're going to have less space. Now you're going to see fast, you know, it's, it's English from like the ball does, the, the, play, the style of play does come in a little fast. It does come fast as well, but it is also very aggressively defensive as well at times. And, you know, I think we maybe got like a little, maybe Erling Hahn got like a good idea of what it's like when he had to go up against Virgil Van Dyke. In the Community Shield game, and um, yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be a little challenging for him. I think it's gonna there's gonna be an adjustment period for him uh, for sure. Because, um, I, like I said, the English Premier League is not the Bundesliga. Um, not saying that the Bundesliga is a bad league, but you know, compared to what the English Premier League is, it's it's gonna be different. You're gonna have a lot of top quality defenders. Not only in just Liverpool, but there are some teams that have some good defender, good center backs, and and that's who Erling Haaland is going to have to face off against. So we'll see what Manchester City, how how Pep Guardiola prepares and and trains Erling Holland for some of these more physical back lines in the English Premier League. So there that's Erling Haaland. Darwin Nunez, kind of a little bit more raw. You know, there is some there's some excitement over him seeing what he did with Benfica, almost. Carried Benfica to the cha- you know throughout their Champions League run, um, but this is different. This isn't this isn't you know this isn't Portugal. This is now the English Premier League. You're playing in Liverpool, and you have weapons, guys that are going to provide you the ball very well. You're talking about Alexander Arnold, obviously Mohamed Salah, Diego Jota, or Luis Diaz, depending on. I think probably going to be Luis Diaz, but Luis Diaz. You have some guys that are going to get you the ball. Diago Alacantara, you know, you just have guys that are going to do what they need to to get you the ball so you can score goals. Um, the way Liverpool plays, especially with that high press is going to be beneficial for a guy like Darwin Nunez. But the question will be, he's going to be in quite the leap of quality. Not saying anything against Portugal, but the quality of Portugal versus English Premier League is definitely a huge difference. So we're going to see how this kid performs if he's up for the hype, you know, obviously once again he's still very raw. So, you know, not many people know about Darwin Nunez. Edward has known about Darwin Nunez. He's like he's like his favorite prodigy to talk about for for days and days. But yeah, Liverpool this 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 battle between Darwin Nunez and Erling and Holland's gonna be very interesting because this this is going to be the striker battle. And you can even it, you know what? Like you know, me and Edward we talked about like who's going to be part of that goat debate and we've always said Mbappe and Erling Haaland and who could be that guy that that third guy that maybe we talk about every once in a while but we still focus on Mbappe and and Erling Haaland for obvious reasons it looks more and more to be Darwin Nunez it looks like it you know obviously I can't promise you I don't know what, I don't know what it's going to look like in 10 years from now but it it does seem like Darwin Nunez has entered the chat to be part of this this young promising striker uh trio now if you will, of Mbappe, Holland, and and Mbappe, Mbappe, Holland, and and Nunez. So it's gonna be interesting. I, I'm very excited to see those two face off in arguably two of the best teams in the English Premier League, and you probably can say in the world right now. And, and that kind of leads to the final question of of the English Premier League, and that is, will this be another Liverpool versus Manchester City race? I think uh, it's very fair to ask about this because. It's been Liverpool versus Manchester City for honestly the past few seasons now. Um, and I'm not against it. I mean, as when you're not, when your team's not involved in, in the top, in the top race, it, you know, you can appreciate what these two teams have been doing. And the fact that it went down the wire the last day of the season. Um, and it looked like Liverpool was going to do it. And then Manchester City just goes off, they <laughs> props the gun to gun again about that. But yeah, I did just go off and, and win it and secure another another English Premier League title. Um, so the question isn't necessarily, it, are we going to see another Liverpool versus Manchester City race? Because I think that's a guarantee. It's going to be Liverpool versus Manchester City. But is there anybody that's going to, I guess, you, if you will, enter the chat? And um, I don't see another team. I don't think anybody is at the same level as Liverpool and Manchester City. I think some people can... Can spoil Liverpool and Manchester City season. But as far as the top race, I think that it's very clear that it's Liverpool and Manchester City. Um, I'm not going to be that Arsenal fan that's going to say we can compete. I'm not, I'm not going to say that Manchester United, there's just so many question marks with Manchester United that I can't even give you the right, that answer for that. What they're, we don't even know what they're going to be this season. Chelsea could, you can say something, but I think Barcelona stealing all the guys that they've wanted has kind of put them on a damper for a little bit, but they'll be competitive. Um, <laughs> you really, Some people really want me to say Tottenham, but I'm not going to say Tottenham. I, you know how I feel about Tottenham. Um, Newcastle, obviously, all that money. They've been very quiet, though, so I don't really know what they're going to do. I mean, I thought Leno was going to go to Newcastle United, and, and Fulham had other plans. Um, I would say out of all the teams in the, in the Premier League, and obviously we're talking about the, the Power Six, it's going to be Chelsea. I think Chelsea could possibly enter that, but they are, they got Koulibaly, which is great. They got a solid center back. Um, I think they're trying to get Cucurella from Brighton. That would be a huge boost for the attack. They just need to, they need to add something. Like they, obviously a striker would be nice. Um, that's probably something they need to look into. I would, I would be mad, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if they don't get a striker that they put, Trisha Pulisic at, at the false nine. I would actually say Kai Havers would be the better false nine. But, you know, yeah, that's my thoughts. And I'll just leave it at that. But um, but yeah, so I, I honestly will say I don't see anybody else contesting with Liverpool, Manchester City, at least this season. There's just some teams that are you're just not sure yet. They're kind of still working on it. They're still growing. Um, Chelsea is kind of like the more I can see them be a competitive team against them and probably throw their names. You could probably say Chelsea might be third place this season again. Um, but I mean, every, you, when you look at at least the top teams, um, there's a question mark behind them over Liverpool and Manchester City. Manchester City, they're and Liverpool are almost, almost perfect clubs. Great managers, you know, Jurgen Klopp and, and Pep Guardiola. You look at their rosters, just, Bulletproof rosters, um, Manchester City. I think probably could give them the edge because they just have crazy depth as well. Liverpool does too, but I mean, compared to Manchester City, probably I would say when it comes to it, you might go all the way down to their benches and their reserves. And in that case, I might have to side with Manchester City on, at that point. But yeah, this is this is this is like a one a one b type scenario once again. And and I think that there's no other team that's gonna, uh, anybody. Once again, it's, it's super early. You know, maybe the, the, the thing that changes everything is the fact that we're talking about the World Cup. The World Cup is literally going to pause this season. So guys that are competing in the World Cup. You know, maybe they get hurt. You know, injuries are going to happen. Form is going to happen. You know, they come back from the World Cup. They're exhausted, especially the ones that make it all the way to the final. You know, they're going to be exhausted. Like what's going to happen to them? And so. That changes everything. This can this season could be weird just because of the fact the World Cup. There's a team in here that could probably benefit from the fact that their players aren't in the World Cup. Like it it really can go down to that, just the health of the teams. Obviously, you know Manchester City. One of the concerns that they have about Erling Haaland is his health. Well, guess what? He's not in the World Cup. That is November or no wait, I think October, November, and December. That's three months for Erling Haaland. If he's injured, can either rehabilitate or if he doesn't get injured, has given, given him time to get proper rest and more training. That's, you know, they're going to be on the training ground during the World Cup, you know, to prepare themselves for when the season starts back up again. So this, this season is so going to, is going to be so weird just because that pause is going to happen when the World Cup starts. And, and so the season is starting early because of the World Cup in Qatar and there's going to be a pause because of the World Cup in Qatar. So it's going to be very interesting. I just. I just have nothing else to say about that, but, but yeah, I expect it to be another a Liverpool, Manchester City battle. Um, I don't see any other under any other team like contesting them, at least right now. Maybe I'll feel differently by the halfway point, but, but yeah, I, I'm excited. I can't wait for the English Premier League to, to kick off, uh, this weekend. All right. So I kind of gave you guys a little heads up that there is the Jersey bet. And that is correct. The Jersey bet, the Jersey bet is going to be this season. and Maybe some of you think I'm going to say somebody's getting relegated. Actually, I am not. I am not going for that round. My jersey bet involves a club that I despise. With a passion, you've heard me say a lot of things about this club for almost every episode. Any chance I get to jab at this team, I take it because they have something that Arsenal has something that they don't have and that is trophies. And that's, of course, Tottenham Hartsburg. So I am going to go ahead and, and once again put it on the table. And the jersey bet is going to be for this season. If Tottenham wins a trophy this season, 2022 2023 season, from August of 2022 till May of 2023, within this time period, if Caldenham either wins the Carabao Cup, the FA Cup, the Premier League—highly doubted—or the Champions League. We will do a jersey giveaway. This time, I will combine uh, Instagram and Twitter. This time, just this time, <laughs> I'm not gonna do two jersey bets. That was that was a that was a bit much. It, you know, I ain't I ain't rich, <laughs> um, but but yeah. So it's gonna be posted on social media. The jersey bet. Once again, if Tottenham wins a trophy this season, 2022, 2023, August of 2022 till May of 2023, if they win a trophy, not a, not a, not a little community bullshit trophy, the Carabao Cup, the FA Cup, the Champions League or the English Premier League, any of those four trophies or I'll, I'll throw the Europa League as well. If they somehow don't qualify, you know, if they don't make it to the next round in the Champions League and they go get sent down to Europa League, if they win any trophy this season, we will do a jersey giveaway. I feel very confident in that statement that Tottenham will be trophyless by the end of this season. That is my thoughts on that. So I'm going to go ahead and take a break because I've been talking for a very long time and I need some water. Um, so we're going to take a break. You guys are going to hear another ad and then we'll get going with. The MLS Halfway Breakdown. Yo, Edward, I'm digging that jersey. Where did you get it? Thanks. I got it at Fanatics.com. What's Fanatics? Fanatics is your one-stop shop of all things sports. You can get the gear of all your favorite teams. Even NASCAR? Even NASCAR. If you shop using our link, not only will you be getting swagged out, but you will also be supporting InsertName FC and the Unhinged Sports Network. Nice. I'm going to start shopping now. And we're back. All right. So we're going to go ahead and look at the MLS. It's kind of been that halfway point of the season. I mean, the the MLS All-Star Game should be coming up uh, sometime next week. And so, yeah, so we're in the halfway point now. So let's go ahead and look at the standings for the Eastern and Western Conference. And, um see if there's any teams that I am surprised by um, and see if there's any teams that maybe I could see get out get out of the, the playoff position. We'll see. We'll just see all this stuff and see if I'm shocked or surprised or any of that good stuff from here. Uh, and then, of course, we're, we'll wrap it with a, with a huge rant about the Dynamo. So, sounds pretty good. So, let's get this going. So, Eastern Conference, man. The Philadelphia Union is currently sitting at first place. Um, but right behind them, literally three points behind them, um, is New York City, who also have a game in hand. Um, so NYCFC obviously won the MLS Cup the previous season and still looking pretty solid this season. Obviously, they lost, uh, Valentin Castellanos. Um, he's now going to be playing for Girona for the remainder of the season, I believe. Oh, for the season. And let's see, we'll see what happens there for him. Um, but yeah, Philadelphia Union. Has been very solid. I mean, I had to watch them basically destroy the Houston Animal six to nothing. Uh, so, which was very bad. But, but yeah. So, Philadelphia first, second place, New York City FC, and third place we have Club de Foot Montreal. Um This I mean, I'm gonna not gonna lie to you. I'm very surprised by, it, but they do have some really good players over there. Romel Kyoto seems like he's kind of found himself once again. Um That's the only player I can think. Well, they also have a. Uh, uh de i always, I always butcher push that guy's name but he's like a very promising us men's national team player uh played in chicago and then uh now he's in montreal uh, but yeah looking pretty solid the new york red bulls um are in fourth place currently losing right now 3 to 5 good god um but they're in the mix in the playoffs uh orlando city and now we're going to get to the fifth sixth and seventh spot which is kind of this is where I'm more intrigued by, um, but yeah. Orlando City with 30 points, Columbus Crew with 30 points, and FC Cincinnati with 29 points. They're in the those final playoff spots. Now let's see on the other spectrum. So, yeah, the Chicago Fire with 27 points. Which honestly, um, if if you guys obviously you guys know someone that we recently had on the podcast, uh, Danny T Radio. Um, he, uh, he recently did a, a, an hour long video just dedicated to the struggle of what it is to be a Chicago Fire fan. And, um, so I wonder how he's, how he's doing, but they're right now in eighth place, still in a position to compete for a playoff spot. Um, I mean, so we'll see what happens there. Um, in ninth place, we have New England also with 27 points. Um, just really just been underperforming. I don't know if this is kind of, Maybe Matt Turner was was a big reason for this, but um yeah, it's it's definitely been rough for them. I mean, there's a reason why Josie Altidore went on loan to Puebla. Um so yeah, I don't maybe New England can shake things up and get back on top, but uh, yeah, it's it's definitely kind of a a, a rough patch in, in the rebuild for Bruce Arena. Uh Charlotte FC with 26 points in 10th place. So they're still very much in it, as well as Inter Miami with 26 points as well. Um, actually, as a matter of fact, a, a lot of these teams at the bottom have can easily, obviously, there's also pending factors on how these teams that are in the playoff position can, can push themselves back in there. But, um, you know, you know, Atlanta United with 25 points, Toronto FC with 23 points. I mean, they could easily bounce back, especially with the quality of play that we've been seeing recently with Bernardeschi and, uh, and, you know, Michael Bradley having, having quite the game for himself. Um, so we'll see what happens with Toronto, man. Maybe it, it can turn things around and get back on it. DC United, we kind of touched up on it. You know, obviously Wayne Rooney, um, took over the helm of the club. So maybe, maybe he can. It's, it's a lot that needs to happen in order for them to get into that playoff position. But, you know, that, that fifth, that fifth to seven, that seventh position could easily be d- different by the end of the season because, I mean, they're, they're like from fifth place down to, it. it's like five points apart from, from 12. So easily things can change. Obviously, how you do in the second time around it, are going to be big factors going into it. So I, I think we can definitely see the Eastern Conference be a little bit different by the end of the season. Um, if I had to say who the, the team I most li- <sighs> you know what? That's the tricky part because I I don't know. I think I don't want to give too much hype for Inter Miami because I don't think I want to say Inter Miami just because it'd be fun. But I mean, the way Phil, you know, not Philadelphia, the way Orlando has been playing, the way Columbus has been playing, the way Cincinnati has been playing, I feel like they could probably stay stay on it. But if I had to pick a team that's down there, that are not in the playoff mix, I want to, I, I really want to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Andrew Miami. I think they can find some form and and just get get in it and maybe jump over FC Cincinnati. it. It all depends on what they do after this halfway point. So, and then obviously World Cup is going to be a factor. They're still going to be playing while the World Cup is going. Uh, well, I guess not because that, that'll be a playoff. So, playoff teams, Non-playoff teams won't have to worry about their, their players going to play for the World Cup. It's going to be the playoff teams that are going to have to worry about that. But I'm going to say Inter Miami. I think Inter Miami can, they're, they're in a high pressure situation. I think that, uh, I don't know how much longer they're going to keep giving the, the, you know, manager Neville, how much, how much longer they're going to give him. Um, you know, cause Inter Miami, they had all this hype going into this <laughs> since they came in to the MLS and, and it, you know, it's still not it, you know, so we'll see what happens there, uh, for the, in the Eastern Conference. But yeah, Philadelphia holding on strong, man. Been a very solid team. Also, New York City FC. So looking good over there in the Eastern Conference. Now let's look at the Western Conference. The best team in the MLS, LAFC, have arguably been one of the better, inter, you know, regular season teams. They, they went out and they got Gareth Bale. They went and got Shalini. They went and got, uh, I guess that's it. Uh, did they did they get one more signing? Well, they got really active in, in, in making some signings done some signings done. So LAFC, man, um they're they're hungry, man. They they want to win the MLS Cup. This they have honestly been such a steady team. Like in the season they look so good and then playoffs come and they just can't do it. It maybe maybe they're just so good in the season that they just get burned out at the end. I don't know what it is, but LAFC is a team that I hope to see at some, maybe this is the year. Maybe the additions of Gareth Bale can help Carlos Vela lead this team up a little bit further. Maybe some experience at the back line with Cellini can help as well. Um, but yeah, you know, we need to see LAFC win an MLS cup at some point because this team, the fan base is great. Team is just, the team is solid. Um, but the LAFC fan base that they just bring, they just bring the heat. Uh, And I like watching, I like the LAFC fans. Um, they just they just have everything going for them. So, and I mean they're on top. They're they're on, they're definitely on top of not only the Western Conference but just overall on the MLS. Maybe they can get themselves a supporter Shield out of this season as well. In second place of the Western Conference, you have Austin FC. I don't know what what's going on with Austin FC, but they just they just found it. Uh, shoot, maybe Matthew McConaughey has been doing some great pep talks for them. But yeah, they're they're definitely looking solid. It's, I, I think they're the highest scoring team in, yeah, they're the highest scoring team right now in the MLS with 47 goals. Um, that is that is very, very good. Um, but yeah, they're, <laughs> LAFC and Austin, I can honestly say are fairly safe that they're going to be in the playoffs uh, by October. Um, and then you have Minnesota United just looking pretty soft, you know, been be giving up a lot of goals, but they've been scoring enough to keep them in it. So that's, you know, that's, you know, probably not the more, not the best defensive team, but I mean, hey, you know, they're, 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 they're in the mix. Um, right behind them with 35 points as well as FC Dallas. Um, probably a little bit better defensively, but you know, Jesus Ferrer has just been leading that team, um, very well. So, and it's, it sucks that as a Houston Dynamo fan, you guys see Austin and FC Dallas both <laughs> in, in kind of higher playoff positions, but you never know. No, i so Real Salt Lake is the next team. This is probably not. It's not definitely not going to be the worst defensive team, but um with 34 points, they've scored 30 goals, but they've allowed 29. Not yeah, allowed 29. So positive one in goal differential. So I mean, they're getting it done. It doesn't matter, you know, what you do as long as you win the games to keep you in the in the mix. But Real Salt Lake, man, dude, Jesus Christ! Now, this might be the worst defensive team. No, never mind. I take that back because Orlando City has like neg. Ne- how do you have negative six goal differential and be in fifth place? You know what? Orlando City might fall off. Uh F. Cincinnati has also negative five. Jesus Christ. Okay, so they're not the worst defensive team, but you know they're at a fairly even twenty nine and twenty nine in goal different. You know they have allowed twenty five goals, but they have scored twenty nine goals. So I mean, they may not be the the best defensive team. Or best scoring team, but sheesh. All right. But, you know, they're in six plays. They're in that playoff spot. And then the Portland Timbers take that last seven spot. Um, I don't know what's going on with Portland. I mean, Portland, yeah, I really don't know what's going on with Portland. They're, they're, to me, they're a fairly good team. Uh, but maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe age is getting to them. Um, but they have some pretty good players. I, this, that's a team that's always consistently in the playoffs for me. Um, Actually, there's a lot of teams that are not in the playoff position. That's kind of shocking to me. But we'll move on to it, man. In eighth place, you got the LA Galaxy with 30 points. The Seattle Sounders with 29 points at ninth. In 10th place, you got the Colorado Rapids, who are actually currently destroying the New York Red Bulls five to three. Um Vancouver, Whitecaps at 11. Uh, the Houston Dynamo at 12th. San Jose at 13. And Sporting KC at last place. Um, let me see if they're, who's the worst team. It's actually Sporting Kansas City. So, Sporting Kansas City, as of right now, is the worst team in the MLS with 20 points. Um, you know, DC United actually has 21. But, when I look at the, the, like I said, once again, looking at that fifth, sixth, and seventh spot over there for the Western Conference. Um, honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if, if we're also like Nashville. Um do not maintain these positions, uh, giving up that many goals. Uh, shoot, I wouldn't, this may be a crazy take, but I wouldn't even be shocked if Minnesota falls off a little bit because they are giving up a lot of goals. I mean, they're scoring goals, they're winning matches, and that's important, but, like, you gotta get, you gotta, you you need to bolster up that defense. Like, that is, that's not good, man. If you're, like, I mean, five, I mean, five goal differential isn't as bad as still winning games. But I mean, Ralph Salt Lake has a goal differential one. Nashville has a goal differential zero. Like they're fair. That's like a run the mill mid table team. And I mean, probably fair that they're in sixth place. But yeah, you can't be playing like that and expecting to be uh, in a in a solid playoff position. I would have thought that they would be flirting with seventh. But yeah, I mean, kind of they are because they're they have thirty two points and Portland has thirty one. But yeah, you can't have those kind of defensive numbers, man. I think you have to definitely. So you gotta score goals too, man. Because Jesus Christ, yeah, it, it's. I wouldn't be shocked to see Raul Lake in Nashville, not in the playoffs. Um, La Galaxy. I mean, they just got they just got Puig. Um, I mean, he's a defensive midfielder, but he's very creative. He's very solid. I like I like Puig, even though he's a Barcelona player. But I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to see La Galaxy um, jump into a playoff position. And actually, I wouldn't be shocked to see Seattle back, you know, in a playoff position. Another very consistent MLS team. Um, you know, obviously just won the, recently won the CONCACAF Champions League, but, uh, yeah, I, I just can't see, I think Seattle will find some form and get it together. And I mean, it, you know, Seattle is just a, is like the example of consistency and and maybe not having this, which is ironic because it's not a very consistent year for them. But I think these two, you can't count them out. I think they'll find, they'll find second win. I mean, LA Galaxy, they're going to go out there and get players, which they didn't. They got Puig. Um, but we'll see what happens with this too. I, I wouldn't be shocked when if I see Seattle and LA back in the playoff mix, which means Real Salt like in Nashville, in my eyes, should be out of the playoff position. I honestly could see Minnesota dip as well. Um, FC Dallas looks looks pretty solid. and I hate to say that. Same thing with Austin and LAFC. Um, it, looking at it right now, like who would be my favorite um, to win the MLS Cup? It should be LAFC. It should be. I'm not going to say it is. Um, cause there is one team that I'm looking at right now. And honestly, I think New York City FC could easily re- Okay. Never mind. Now Castellanos. See, that's the thing though. What, what do you do now without Castellanos? So I, I got really cock- cocky on that one. I don't want to pick Philadelphia or LAFC, but, uh, hmm. I mean, you can never, I, I feel like you can never count out. Actually, God, I don't want to say this team, but I can honestly see Austin FC find a way to get into the MLS Cup. They're, they, they, they are on a run that they should not spoil. This is like their, their chance. This is like what their second season in the MLS. I mean, if they can make it to the MLS Cup in their second season, which is funny because it's honestly what you can say about Atlanta United, but Austin FC, they, they figured it out. They got the players they needed. Matthew McConaughey is the, is total vibes. Um, God, I hate saying Austin FC, man. I really do, but they do look really well. Uh, I can see, I honestly could see them, you know, make, make a push. This is like, it's do or die time. Go get some additional help. Keep bolstering that attack. Keep bolstering that defense and, and, and just finish strong and, and become a total spoiler. In the MLS Cup playoffs, LAFC maybe chokes out again, and Austin could be in the final. Um, and depending who they're facing against, you could prob- possibly have a final in Austin. Which, if that happens, I'm definitely going to the final for that. But yeah, man, I, I, I honestly, I think, I think right now, if I had to look at somebody, it's Austin FC. They have just found the form, um, and, and I do think they made some signings. Uh, During this uh, transfer window, that could be significant enough for them. Um, So I can also see Austin FC kind of, uh, yeah, we got LAFC who has the allure that has Gareth Bale now and Cellini, and you know you still have Carlos Vela who signed an extension. So while you still have those factors in, like I want to say LAFC so bad, like I really do, but I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to jinx. I think that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to jinx Austin FC right now. I think that's what it is. Which now that I said that I probably ruins it. But yeah, I don't want to give, I, I, I think LAFC has, 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 kind of has won me over because I love the jerseys. I love the players that they have. I love the fans, the LAFC fans. Shout out to them. They just, they just bring energy. I love it. Um, I think it's just kind of everything about LAFC is just fun to see from an outsider's perspective, but let's talk about my club, the Houston Dynamo. Like I said, man, you know, shout out to, to Danny T Radio who, who kind of did his whole thing about Chicago. Um, and it takes a lot, man, as a fan of a club that you have to watch year after year after year. Just kind of, you know, just blow it. And um, the Houston Dynamo, man, here's what I'm going to say. Um, if you guys know me, I am, you know, a Houston Dynamo fan. I've been a Dynamo fan all the way going back to the Robertson stadium days. Um, but when I went into this season, I went with the biggest grain of salt. I came in with very low expectations. And because of that, I am not as angry as some of the Dynamo fans. And the reason why is because I think, I don't know why. And I, I understand that you want to have expectations. You want to, you want your team to be competing for MLS cup year after year after year. But when you look at the roster, when you look at the club, they're not good. They're just not good. This club still stinks with Matt Jordan. It just does. It's, it's going to take a while to get rid of these Matt Jordan players. Um, when you when you just when I'm just thinking about the starting lineup, all right. Obviously, you know Clark. I like Clark. I think he's a solid goalkeeper. A little too old for me, Um, and which is funny because I prefer older goalkeepers. But yes, he's a he's a little bit too old for me. Does he bring experience? Yes, but I don't think we necessarily need experience at the back. We already had that with Tim Parker, so I was okay with maybe bringing in a young. Younger goalkeeper, someone proven, maybe would have given Michael Nelson a fair shot. And I think at this point, maybe we should give Michael Nelson that shot. But I mean, Clark, I'm I'm not against him. I I think he's okay. He's he he. You know, obviously we're we're still like living off of the glory years of Portland. But with me, I just I'm just not uh, uh, Clark. I mean, like I said, I like him. Now on the back line, teenager DB and Tim Parker. I like that part. I like that pairing. I know that this is necessarily, like, these are two Matt Jordan-esque type moves that happen. But from what I see from them, I like what I'm seeing. You know, DB is very aggressive, tries to, you know, he gets involved in, in the attack when, when there's corners and set pieces going on. Um, Tim Parker, like I said, he's just that leader in the back line, which I'm fine with. I like that he is that leader in the back line. Could they be better? Yes. I mean, that's very, it's very fair to say that this uh, back line could easily improve. Um, but I still like the backline. I still, that, those two, I still like. Now, on the right back spot, I'm going to say this. I love Griffin Dorsey's energy. (laughs) I love his energy. I love his effort. I I truly admire players that have just hard work in them. I, I respect that. Some of the players that I've liked that are not like the top rated players. Usually the reason why I like them so much is because they work really hard. That's what I like like about them, is that they're hard workers out on the field. Prime example is Danny Carvajal. Danny Carvajal is not the most talented right back in the world, but he's definitely the hardest working right back, in my opinion. Now, is he talented? Yes, he has an ability with the ball, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he is world-class talent. He has some talent, but that hard work ethic that he had pushed him over the edge. So that's kind of what I'm saying with Danny Carvajal. And that's kind of what I'm saying with Griffin Dorsey. The only issue is just he's not very he's probably the more the high points of some of the right backs. Now, Zekka, I want to see more of Zekka. I like what I'm seeing from Zekka. I want to see more of Zekka. Just play Zekka. I don't know why we're doing like I know we're trying to rest guys and all that good stuff, but we need Zekka. He's more he's probably like our more creative fullback. Um which goes, leads me to my other fullback, Adam Lungvist. And I like his work. This is my nice thing to say. This is my way of saying that they're, they're trash, but not, you know, they like, this is my nice way of saying like, you know, they're bad. Uh, and I, and I've tried to have liked Adam Lungvist and I like his hard work. I love the the, the effort that he puts in, but he just, I think that there's better left backs out there, even at, at some values. And once again, this this he still has the stench of Matt Jordan, um, so I think left back needs to be addressed, needs to be improved on. Honestly, you probably could move Zach at left back, which is actually his natural position, and go 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 after and find yourself a right back. Um, but you know that's my thoughts on that one. But that's it. Midfield, honestly, we could probably just clear the whole midfield. I like Darwin. Well, except for Hector Herrer. Hector Hero safe. Hector her you're good. Um, I, like I said, I knew what Hector Herrera was gonna bring. I'm excited about it. I I love watching him play every time I watch a Dynamo game with him in there. But we know this team isn't ready. It's just not. They're not gonna be ready for quite some time. And I'm ho- hopefully he understands that. Um, but that midfield, Veta was exciting. When you think about Matt Jordan Science, it, but when you think about it, when you're saying God, he's so good. Because of his, once again, this guy's a hard worker. That's why I appreciate Matias Vera, but he's, he's not great. He's not great. Um, he does become a liability sometimes. Um, and and he has a stink of Matt Jordan. Like he's, he's nice, but that's like saying like, you know, he's, he's the nicest piece of shit in, you know, of, of what Matt Jordan had give us. So yeah, Matias Vera just, I'm ready to move on from a lot of our midfielders. Memo Rodriguez has been such a disappointment. Weirdly enough, since he got his contract, which I'm not trying to correlate the baby. A lot of people are trying to say that ever since he became a dad, but that's horrible. And I'm not going to say that. Uh But yeah, he, I don't know what happened. I don't know if there's, if there was some rumors that he was, that he was actually not happy in the Houston Dynamo. Um, maybe that's the reason why he's not necessarily playing like he used to. Um I'm a big memo Rodriguez fan i when he as soon as he got signed by the club like I thought that this kid watch just watching him play I was like this kid this kid's special um and and I just don't see that hunger from him and it's disappointing it, it hurts me to see that um but yeah uh, it, he's just he just can't he just doesn't do anything and, and it's hard to see Darwin Quintero is arguably our best player and that's not a, not necessarily a good thing to say um because he he's very inconsistent um you know he, he can turn he can he can carry the team through but there's days where he just doesn't do it and so yeah it's rough to watch him um that midfield like i said that midfield you need to add better we need a better quality midfield uh Koko Karaskia, i i love watching him play i see i see how what he does i like when he's more of playing that number 8 role and not that deep 6 role he, he moves the ball a lot. He's very hungry. You've seen him just bring the, like, just take on the whole defense and score a goal, which is great to see. Uh, but, you know, we need, we need a, like, a solid, a solid 10, a number 10 that can really bring the creativity up. A lot of people thought it was going to be Tomas Martinez, which obviously stinks like, thinks like Matt, uh, Matt Jordan. Um, and, and that didn't work out, obviously. We just, we just need a solid number 10, a, a solid number 10 that, can play, and if we need a sub now, Darwin Quintero can come in as a sub. Because honestly, when you look at the players in the Dynamo roster, you can honestly say most of these guys should probably be substitutes in other clubs. Just gonna point that out. Darwin said in. I I love him because he's he's from El Salvador, but it scares me when he's on the field. And it's just because sometimes he's a liability. Hard worker. <laughs> honestly, if I had a if the word that I would have to use for some of the players, not all of the players, is that they're a hard worker. But yeah, the midfield, we need to revamp that. We need to fix that up. I do like Hector O'Hara. I do like Coco Karaskia. Um, I think that there's better options out there than Coco Kadaskia, but I like what I've seen with him. I think if you had a number 10 in that midfield, a solid number 10, a solid creative player, ace-in-the-hole type of guy, I think that midfield is a little bit more bulletproof. It alleviates a little bit for Hector Herrera. He doesn't have to be the playmaker. Um, he can really just play his role, which is being a solid eight or a possible six, kind of like a eight, six mix kind of thing for him. Um, and then the front, the wingers, look, they just suck. They, the wingers are trash. Like, I love Fava Pico for his speed, but everything else, like, is, is, it, yeah, he can't, he's not really good 1v1. Um, I, 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 worry that if he pa- it make, tries to cross the ball, it doesn't really do anything, um, which happens most of the time. He misses clear open shots, um, which honestly is the theme for most players in the dynamo. It, it, it's just disappointing. It, he, with all that speed, I wish that there was some other skill sets with him because he, he would honestly be very useful with that, with that capability. Um, at least like Albert Feless, he had speed, but at least he, he can play 1v1. He was more accurate with shots on target with, you know, when he's in front of goal. So, like, it, it, it's hard to find a guy like Albert Fellas. I don't think we're ever going to find another Albert, Albert Vales, lS type player. We need to get some wingers. That's just the clear thing. The wing, you know, another player that was rumored to not be happy with the dynamo. Um, I say get rid of him. Um, I have nothing against him. I have no ill will towards him, but if he doesn't want to be here, then just let him go is kind of what my, what my thought process is. Um, but yeah, no. Uh Fafa has kind of has been a disappointment. Tyler Pasher is so lovable, but yeah, he's not like he he I think he, he I love his hard work. <laughs> like I love his hard work, but he's just not a starter. Um the same thing you can say for Corey Barrett, and I know Corey Barrett at one point was ML you know, MLS rookie of the year. I know he's a product of the of the Residency Academy or the Barcelona Residency Academy in Arizona. There's a lot of good things to talk about him. He's very, he's fast, but he just doesn't do anything for me. Um, the wing, the winger position has been an issue since the beginning of the season. Obviously, every once in a while, we've seen Griffin Dorsey up front as well at that winger spot. And I mean, I'm just tired of saying I like, I like the guy's hard work. Like, I like the effort he put. I like the guy's effort. That's what I usually say a lot when I watch Dynamo games. I'm done saying that. And then up front. And this one kind of annoys me. Because I see the quality in him. I know what he can do. He is a traditional number nine and that's Sebastian Ferreira. He's good. Like he's honestly good. Like he is (laughs) so good that it's unfair that we can't get him the ball. Like the reason why he gets out of position is because there's no point of, of him being in position because he's not going to get service. The wingers are not. Of any quality to give give him good service, like it's crazy to think that he went in to Uruguay where he was getting great service in the Uruguayan league, to now coming here in the MLS playing for the Dynamo and, and getting like little, little to no service from his wingers. Um, most of most of the things that he has to like score off of is kind of you see the goals that he does, and you know that the quality is there. That's all I gotta say for that. Um, People that are hating on, on Sebastian Ferrer, saying that he's a bust. I think you want to hold up on that when he has quality around him, when he can get quality passes, when he gets a quality play from somebody, and we can see the type of player. Because we see we I, from the goals that I've seen, the seven goals that Sebastian Ferreira has scored, I see that there's a quality number nine there. It's just the fact that it's like um, it's like when you buy like a state of the yard. PC. I'm not a game. I'm not a PC gamer in any shape or form. But let's say you you bought this like state of the art, like three thousand dollar PC. You know, gamer PC. But your internet sucks. That's literally what right now Sebastian Ferreira... I'm not saying he's worth you know. He's on a three thousand dollar PC. Uh, you know, comp, I don't know what's called the the hard drive. The, no, 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 not, Anyways, <laughs> okay. I, I'm. It's okay. It's like, it's like you know, it's like you 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 get the you try to race with a Ford Mustang, but you you get like the base model, so it's like the 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 low the low six cylinder engine. It's like yeah, it's a Mustang, but there's no power in it, Um, so it's like basically useless. That's not really a good example, is it? Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I'll just go with that one. I'll just go with that one. So, yeah, like you have this Mustang that you expect to be good, but you put a crappy motor in it, so it's not gonna run. It it it's, it looks nice, but it's not gonna run very well because you're not gonna win races with it. So, so that's like the issue right now. Is like, I don't think you can really pass judgment on Sebastian Ferrer until you see him with quality playmakers, not and not even quality playmakers, just with a playmaker. Just give him a playmaker, and we'll see what he can do before we start judging him and saying that he's not it. Honestly, when I look at this Dynamo roster, most of these guys can go. That's yeah, just point blank. That's even, you know, to Tim Parker. I think the players that I would keep from the Dynamo this season, Thor, because I love Thor. It's a great name. Um, I, I like what he provides. He, he there, There's definitely the hard worker, but you can use the hard worker when you're talking about a substitute player or someone that's kind of getting, you know, is preparing, trying to get get starting minutes. But yeah, Thor, I like him. Sebastian Ferreira, once again, let's see what he can do with quality play before we cast judgment on him. And the fact that he scored seven goals with little to no service should prove to you that there's probably some quality there. Hector Herrera, he's going to be the leader of this team. It's, It's pretty straightforward that it is. Um... And and, um, and teenager Deby, Um, I think are the players that I like to keep for the Dynamo. That's saying a lot because you know I didn't list them on him. But this team needs to be completely fixed all around. I'm not saying go out and sign everybody. Like at this point, this is this is where the Dynamo needs to start thinking. Do you want to try to make a push? Because if you try to make a push, that means you have to play perfect every game. And I don't see that happening right now with this roster. Once again, it stinks like Matt Jordan. It just does. So until Pat Anson can really make it his roster, and that's the thing though, I can't even ca- cast judgment on Nagamora. Um, and, and I've been confused about Nagamora for such a such a while now that I don't know how to feel. I really don't. Um, I don't know if I like him, and I don't know if I don't if I don't like him. Um, because. I was such a Tab Ramos guy. I wanted Tab Ramos to manage this team. I wanted because I thought he was the right guy for the for this team. Um, but the roster sucks. The roster is still the same. Like it's basically the same roster. And uh and it was because Matt Jordan was still here. And Matt, you know, you didn't I feel like Tab Ramos just didn't get a real fair shot for the dynamo. And that's because, you know, Matt Jordan sucks. Um, I probably hate Matt Jordan more than I hate anybody that comes from Houston. From Houston Sports, and that's 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 very telling because Bill O'Brien happened in Houston, but um, and Mike Fires, Mike Fires also happened in Houston, but yeah, Matt Jordan ruined the Dynamo. The Dynamo was a club that was consistent for so many years, and pff, that's literally what Matt Jordan did to it. But all in all, the Dynamo were dead last last season, right? They are now in 12th place. Hopefully, they can improve on that. But as far as I know, the expectation was pretty low for them. So for the fact that they're in 12th place over last place is a sign, not a great sign, because obviously we need to shake up this roster a little bit, add some. You know what? This is now the time to be testing out other players. Let's see the guys from the Houston Dynamo too. Let's see. Let's see some other players. Let's see. Some other options, you know. Let's 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 see what gels. Let's see what we want to keep because a lot of expiring contracts are happening. Let's get rid of these guys. Keep the guys that you think are have some value. Like I said, the the guys that when you say you like their effort or they work really hard, those two phrases. Yeah, either either you put them on as a as a substitute because that's exactly what those guys should be, or you kick them out. I don't know. Anything else for it, but I'm going to say this. My, like I said, my, my, my bar was very low for the Dynamo and the Dynamo have passed. It. <laughs> so I'm not necessarily as mad as some Dynamo fans are. I know some people are like Naga out, Seabass Ferreira out, uh, all these things. But the thing is, is just this club isn't where it's at. It's going to take <laughs> quite some time before this team is really at a good place. Like Pat Onset, you guys have to understand is that he has to fix everything that Matt Jordan has done in the past six years of his tenure as the GM of the Houston Dynamo. And that's a lot to fix. He ruined the academy system, which there was barely an academy system, but he ruined that system. Um, cause I think, I believe there's some players that have a very, very, uh, negative feeling towards the Dynamo Academy, how the Dynamo Academy was utilized. Same thing with the Rio Grande Valley Toros might have to try to like see if I can get some interviews from those guys just so you guys can understand that. Um, but it wasn't a great relationship. It just wasn't. Um, yeah, so I think that there's so much that needs to be fixed with the Dynamo that it's going to take a while before we can really cast judgment. I'm prepared for a rebuild. I'm prepared that there's going to be a lot of growing pains with this roster. Like I said, it, it's crazy when they made these big moves to get like Sebastian Ferreira. They went to go get Hector Herrera. Like those are huge moves. Those are like win now type moves. But the club isn't a win now team. Like you want to bring these guys when these team when this team is like at least good, and those two guys can make the team great. And, and that's not where we are. We're, we're bad. Like we're terrible. Like the Dynamo are terrible. Like that's literally the that's the fact. Like the Dynamo are terrible. And adding Hector Herrera and Spader just made them bad. So, like they improved, but it's not not significant enough. Like it's not gonna be playoff contention. Um, so so it's gonna take time. That's literally what it is. It's gonna take time. It's not it's not gonna happen over one season, two seasons, maybe three seasons will be maybe third third seasons of charm, but it's going to take patience. I don't, I don't, I think at this point, you, you ride with Nakamura, you ride with Sebastian Ferreira. You try to build this team something. You try to, you just got it. For, you, the first thing you got to do is just get the smell of Matt Jordan out of this team. And who knows? Maybe this team gets better. But that is my thoughts on that one. And uh, I'll get off the MLS talk for a bit. I know you guys are like, why the fuck is this guy still talking about MLS? But all right, games to recap. So like I said, I'm gonna go ahead and honor Stewart, um, even though he wasn't able to come. So his game to recap was the FA Community Shield game. I know I've said it so many times and no one fucking cares about this one. But you know what? When your team barely wins, which these two teams win a lot, but the the FA Community Shield, Liverpool beat Manchester City three one. I will say the consolation, it is Liverpool versus Manchester City. You always wanna see these two face off against each other because it's gonna be a it's gonna be a pay per view boxing match. Even though boxing's dead. Um, but yeah, Liverpool beat Manchester City 3 to 1. Manchester City had 57% of the possession, as you would expect from Pep Guardiola, even though that's not really a lot. Uh, Liverpool outshot uh, Manchester City 15 to 14, but Manchester City actually had more shots on target, 8 to 4. Um, the goals from Liverpool came from Alexander Arnold in the 21st minute. Mohamed Salah in the 83rd with a penalty and Darwin Nunez, the kid that I actually mentioned in the preview for the, for the, uh, English Premier League scored in stoppage time. So 90, you know, 90th minute plus four. So 94th minute, um, by Darwin Nunez to kind of put the dagger in to secure the win. And in, uh, Manchester City, it was Alvarez that scored in the 70th minute. Um, so I mean, at that point, well, at that point, it was one one, but then Salah and Nunez had other plans. Um, Erling Haaland had like a very clear open shot at goal and it hit the top, it hit the crossbar, uh, which probably could be deflating for him, but, We'll see how it goes. I mean, props to Virgil Van Dijk, man. He did such a solid job defending, and I think that's kind of like the sign of of experience comes into play. Um, But, but yeah, you know, first win of the season for match, uh, Manchester United versus Liverpool race goes to Liverpool. So, you got to take that for 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 something, man. At least I'll, I'll give him props to that. Now, my game to recap is the 2022 Women's Euro final, England it finally came home they beat and, and perfect enough they beat germany germany has kind of a little bit well kind of it ha- there's a rivalry between england and germany um you could probably say historically as well but in soccer there is there is uh, quite a little rivalry there um but what a final uh props to the women's euro i think has been a, has just been was was a great tournament if you guys didn't watch it you guys missed out on some great great plays um but yeah the women's Euro. England, they brought it home. England had 52% of the possession. Germany outshot England 16-13. to 13, But uh, England outshot them on shots on target, 8-4. to four, And the winner was from Chloe Kelly in the 110th minute. It went to extra time. She said, no, we're not going to penalties. We're not going to have that drama. She scores it. Um, it was a little tapper, but you know what? It was a, a significant tapper, and she has a very she had a very Chastain esque celebration. So you gotta love to see that. Um, but what a what a performance from England! It, it's coming home. Um, you love the energy from the England fans. It was such a great final. Like I said, if you didn't watch it, you missed out on a great tournament. What a way to conclude the 2022 Women's Euro. Uh, really excited. You know a lot of you know, and and then obviously grads to um, let me do this right uh, women's soccer international soccer tournaments because um, there was it, this was the summer for women's soccer uh, we, we said that uh, so obviously the US women's national team won the CONCACAF cup uh, and then the women's African cup of nation Af- African, if I can type right, African Cup of Nations was won by South Africa, and the Women's Copa America was won by Brazil. Uh, so, and then of course, congratulations to England for winning the Women's Euro. Also, shout out to WOSO Digital Media and Women Kickballs for their coverage of the tournament. Uh, really good job. You know, that's what, like I said, me and Edward can definitely understand. We, we dealt with a summer of soccer of our very own. Um, and it was very, very, very daunting. Uh, especially when that was our first year as a podcast. So, I mean, yeah, so it's crazy, crazy for that. But yeah, so congratulations to England for winning the women's Euro. All right, players of the week. So like I said, I'm going to still honor Stuart. Um, his player of the week is Tiago Alcantara. I have no idea why. Um, I mean, <laughs> that's what we picked. I, I was hoping that he could probably explain why he picked the, uh, Thiago Alcantara. I mean, he's a very consistent player. He's obviously going to be involved with a lot of the playmaking for, for Liverpool. I think he just picked the Liverpool, just to pick a Liverpool player. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's, that's honestly, I don't know what he did in that, in the, in the FA Cup final, in the, the FA Cup and the FA Community Shield final, but. Um. yeah, Stuart's pick is Thiago Alcantara. Uh, maybe he explained it when we posted on social media, the our players of the week. All right, Edwards' player of the week is Gabby Jesus. Gabriel Jesus, he scores a hat-trick in Arsenal's 6-0 win against Sevilla. So, I mean, Gabby Jesus continues his form in these friendlies for Arsenal. Hopefully, that's a good sign for the English Premier League season for Arsenal. And my player of the week, look, man, we've been trolling this guy for quite some time, ever since he came to Miami, we call we said that he wasn't sexy, um, and all those things. And, and he it finally paid off. it's that tough, the tough love. <laughs> we've, been, we've been we've been saying he's the reason why Messi's never got a World Cup, and all those things. But yeah, Gonzalo Higuain he scored a hat trick in Inter Miami's four four draw against FC Cincinnati. So there you go, buddy. You did it. You're you're in. You're in players of the week. I know you were fighting really hard for. To get our approval, but now you did it. You did it, buddy. But yeah, so congratulations to Tiago, Gabby Jesus, and Gonzalo Higuain for being our players of the week. Alright, man, some games to look forward to this coming weekend. MLS, Columbus Crew, NYCFC, and Raul Salvo Lake versus LAFC. We'll see if some things are some let's see what this second this this push for the final this the 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 final. The push for the F eight, Jesus Christ! The push for the MLS Cup has in store. Liga Meckes, we're actually, I think, kind of, kind of, almost at that half. We're actually at the halfway point for Liga Meckes. We might do a little touch up on Liga Meckes as well for the next episode. But uh, we have Pachuca taking on Tigres and Toluca versus Tijuana uh, for our games for Liga Meckes. In League Un, we have Olympic Leon taking on Alhassia, and Olympic Marseille taking on Stadler Reims. I call these two teams out. Let's see what they do on opening weekend for Ligue 1. In the Bundesliga, we have Eintracht Frankfurt taking on Bayern Munich. Let's see what Sadio Mane does in his debut in the Bundesliga. And Borussia Dortmund versus Bayer Leverkusen. What are we going to see from Borussia Dortmund? Can Bayer Leverkusen continue to strike terror here in Bundesliga? We'll see. In the English Premier League, we have Everton taking on Chelsea. Frank Lampard with his underperforming Everton team. Taking on Tuchel with his kind of underperforming Chelsea team. We'll see what happens in the English Premier League. Obviously, the friendlies are done. Both things... (laughs) But these two have both in common is they both lost to Arsenal and friendlies. So, we got that going. They got that going for themselves. But who will start off strong in this season? Which blue will have the better start of the season? and West Ham United taking on Manchester City obviously last season West Ham United was the the darlings of the English Premier League for a little bit and then they fell off. Well, we'll see what they can do this season as they take on the champions of last year, Manchester City and what what is Erling Haaland going to do in his English Premier League debut. So that's what we got. So that's what you got to look forward to this weekend. Um I know that that's just two games for each league, but Honestly, as long as you're watching soccer, that's all that really matters. But hey, soccer is back a uh, little early, a little early as we expected. But hey, it's here. So let's get ready for it. So I'm going to take one more break and then we'll go ahead and wrap up this show. Hey, it's Hector. Yo, this is Edward. And, and we are, are Insert Name FC. Listen to us discuss news, recaps, and preview games from across the world of soccer. Catch us on unhingedsn.com on Fridays at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. We will see see you there. there. And we're back. All right, guys. So no 303 down, obviously, because it would just be weird me listing everybody else's 303 downs. And so so next week, we will do a 303 down. Obviously, we preview league on Bundesliga and English Premier League. So, our 303 down will now be the jerseys starting with Lee Gunn. So, now you know. But, that is episode 97. We want to give a shout out to the Belly Up Podcast Network. Check out their website, www.bellyupsports.com. Jesus Christ, let me do that again. www.bellyupsports.com. Also, follow them on Twitter at Belly Up Media and at Belly Up Sports the internet sports part, man. They are growing. There's some things happening over there, belly up. As a matter of fact, they are also doing a run your pool, uh, survivor challenge, uh, going on over there with the NFL. So if you guys, uh, feel like you have the aptitude in NFL knowledge, well, go ahead and, uh, test yourself out over there. Um, uh, once again, shout out to run your pool. It is a fun app to do little. Little challenges like this, like trying to do pickums for NFL. They do also other sports as well. And obviously we're doing our World Cup, uh, pool challenge over there. So make sure you guys, once again, follow us at, also follow us at Instant Name FC on Instagram and Twitter, but shout out to Belly Up because we wouldn't be able to do the things that we're doing here on Instant Name FC if it wasn't for Belly Up. So shout out to Mike and them over there at Belly Up Sports. So make sure you guys follow them and give them the same love that we do. Also, shout out to Alejandra Gomez and her company A and G Graphics. We talk about how much we love Alejandra. She does. She did such a great job with our logo. We are in love with our logo, and by that, you know she's she's the mother of our logo. So we love her like the mother of our logo should be because our logo is our baby. And we love the baby, and she's the mother of our logo. So we're never gonna forget that. So if you guys want to feel the same way we feel about our logo with your own logo. We'll hit her up on Instagram at a.g.graphics with an X. Once again, at a.g.graphics with an X. Hit her up, tell her that we sent you, and uh, maybe she'll hook you up, man. Because, like I said, we love Alejandra. She does so much for us. Um, shoot, I might have to send her a Valentine's Day, when, whenever Valentine's Day is, which, well, the Champions League, so I'm sorry, I'm probably going to forget. And uh, shout out to our producer, the namesake of the Roosevelt Spencer's Player of the Year Award. Obviously, all these players of the weeks that we have announced from the big from January to the last day of December will all accumulate with a huge award ceremony that we honor for the Roosevelt Spencer's Player of the Year award and um, Spencer's a namesake because he epitomizes all that is needed to be the Player of the year and I mean you hear the intros, the outros, the way we sound in these podcast episodes. It is all because of all the hard work that Spencer does for us. Um, and, and we can't thank him enough. So thank you so much, Spencer. Uh, we love you and follow him on Instagram at that guy dope. If you guys need some beats done for an intro, outro for your podcast, YouTube channel, maybe, maybe you're trying to get into the music business and you need someone with the good beats. Well, hit up Spencer once again on Instagram at that guy dope. Y'all need to do it now, man. Cause once Spencer blows up, Prices are going to increase, my buddy. So that studio time ain't going to be cheap with, 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 Spencer. So make sure you guys hop on right now before he gets big. So he'll remember you. There you go. That's what, that's what I'm going to say right there. But yeah. So shout out to everybody, man. Thank you so much. Uh, I feel like I actually hit over an hour and a half, which I'm immensely impressed by myself, but, um, I think I did. I don't know. Spencer can tell me afterwards. Oh, well, I'll find out once this episode posts, but. Um, yeah, episode 97, man, it's crazy thing that we're almost at a hundred. Um, we got to do something special for it. I don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to figure something out uh, for sure. But yeah, um, that's, that's episode 97 catches next week for episode 98. Take care guys and, uh, have a great weekend.